0: 7. D. Arkansas have a few scattering black counties, too. The supervisor answered. For I wrote to several places about this very colored enumerator question. I found the supervisors over those districts about evenly divided for and against. I have been able to get suitable men all through, I think. Though I might have had difficulty in securing a good appointee for your district. It's pretty wild out there, evidently. Hamilton said anticipatorily. Not so much wild as isolated. Kentucky is scarcely a railroad center, you know, out of 21 counties in my district, 14 possess neither a railroad, telegraph, nor telephone connection with the rest of the world at all, Hamilton whistled softly, I hadn't realized that there was any part of Kentucky as isolated as that, he said, even in the mountains, but I'm glad, just the same, because these isolated communities are much more fun than the places where everybody seems to be cut out by the same pattern. You will find all the variety you want," the supervisor remarked as he turned into a big stable building. "And you'll need four legs more beside your own too, He led the way to a stall near the far end of the building and brought out the little mare of which he had been speaking. "What a beauty!" exclaimed the boy. The supervisor laughed. "That's no way to buy a horse," he said, turning to the stableman. "It's a good thing I arranged the price before he came, or you'd have tacked on another twenty dollars." Easy and more than that, said the owner, with a grin, well, noble, said his friend, I don't hear young raising any objections, I haven't any, the boy replied promptly, and the price is what you said to me, he queried, turning to the supervisor, yes, that stands, his friend replied, all right, then, said Hamilton, I'll take her, the supervisor pulled out his pocketbook, I had an idea, he said, that you were just boy enough to want the mayor when you saw her and to want her right away. I made out a check for the amount, and you can make one out to me when you get ready. And he handed the slip to the boy. Hamilton started to thank him, but the supervisor cut him short. If you'll come to the office this afternoon, he said, the clerk will give you the schedules and papers already made out for your district. Here's a typewritten copy of the lectures I've been giving to the enumerators and while I don't suppose you really need to, you had better read it over and return it to me when you're through with it. Now I'm going to leave you here with this gentleman, he added, nodding to the owner of the horse, and you can arrange with him about getting a saddle and so forth for the mayor. Drop in at the office in the morning as you start out and I'll make sure that nothing has been forgotten. See you later. And with a nod to Hamilton, he stepped out of the stable. To the boy the afternoon fairly seemed to fly. There were so many things to do, and it was not until just before closing hours that he reached the office and secured his portfolio. He had a brief chat with the clerk, and went back to his hotel to study carefully the map of his district and the route suggested, and to make sure that he thoroughly understood the population and agricultural schedules he would have to use. They were different in form, of course, from the manufacturing schedules which the boy knew by heart, but the essential principles were the same. And Hamilton found that in half an hour's time he saw plane sailing. It's a mighty good thing I had that manufacturing work. He said half aloud, or I'd find this pretty tricky. I should think it would be hard for anyone not at all used to it. My supper time they kept to old-fashioned ways in the little hotel. Hamilton felt himself perfectly sure of his ground on the work. And he went to bed early, knowing he had a long ride and a hard day before him. The following morning, an early breakfast over. Hamilton started on the journey to his enumeration district, stopping at the office for a moment's chat with his friend the supervisor, and receiving his good luck wishes before he went. The mare was a delight, being well paced, and the horseman from whom Hamilton had bought the animal had taken a great deal of pains to get him a saddle tree that fitted him, so that the boy enjoyed every minute of the ride. He reached the first point in his district about one o'clock, and after a hasty dinner started to work, The place was a tiny village, containing about forty houses. The population work, as Hamilton had expected, proved to be comparatively simple. And the first house he visited was a fair sample of the greater number of those he tabulated all through the month. As a typical example it impressed itself upon his memory. He began next door to the house where he had eaten dinner. The natural privacy of a home was quite different from the public nature of a factory and Hamilton felt a little strange as he walked up to the door and knocked. Good morning, he said. As soon as the door was opened, I'm the census taker and I called for the paper that was sent for you to fill in. You mean that they are big sheet of paper? Jays nothing but questions, answered the young Negro woman, who appeared at the door. That's it, the boy answered. Is it all filled out and ready? Lossy. No. Why? It would take me a foe day to do all that right." I'm no school teacher, and besides, that's f o farmers, and you have another J's like it. She continued, noting the portfolio the boy carried. The J's, no, I can't even tell you all those things. This is different, Hamilton pointed out. Those other questions are about farms, just as you say, but these are all about your own family. Yes, sa, so, Yes, sa, so, Got all mad, husband. So when we were talking about that yatter farm business. The paper in the town gave a list of questions, and I thought I would get Matt Steve to help me get ready so's I to be able to answer yo rightly when yo come around, but he said he was too tired to do anything, and that ar census list is the Confucian's thing I saw, I thought I ought to do something, and so I uh, jays took a big sheet of wrapping paper and started to write the answers to the questions on that, thinking some of the neighbor's children would copy it on the sheet fo me, but, I tell yo saw, that before I was halfway through telling what the newspaper said we had to tell, I was so mixed up that I was writing myself down as my own daughter and proven that the baby was twice devoked, then you really haven't got anything ready at all, said Hamilton, nothing, saw, then I'll just have to ask you the questions, and put the answers down myself, the boy said cheerfully, we might as well start right now, won't you come in saw, the woman suggested, You'll need a table, and pens and ink. I have a fountain pen, the lad answered. But it would be easier writing on a table. I guess I will come in now. He continued, as soon as he was seated. Has this house a number? Yes. Sa, the woman replied. Seventeen. High Street. And this is the first family I've seen. And the first house. Said Hamilton, entering a one in both columns. Now for the head of the family. I think you said something about your husband. Yes, Saw. So, Steve, he's my husband, we done been married six years, you say his name is Stephen, what is his other name, Lawson, Saw. So, he's colored, I suppose, yes, Saw. So, he's quite dark complected, and you're his first wife, queried the boy, as he wrote, Lawson, Stephen, in the name column, the word, head, in the relation column, and the letter, B, for black, under the color or race column. I reckon I'm his first wife. The woman replied, He was J's 21 when I married him. And you've been married six years. The boy went on, entering Stephen Lawson's ages 27. The number of years married is six. And M1. To show that he was married. And married only once. But you look like a girl still. He added, You must have been married very young. I was J's 16. She answered, We was married on my birthday. And your name is Lily. Sob. Any other name? Mary Sob. For a moment or two Hamilton wrote busily. Filling in, Lily M. Wife. F. For female. Mu. For malato. 22. For present age. M1. For first marriage. And, 6. For the number of years in wedlock. You have children? One little boy. Sob. But he's deaf and dumb. And so quick and clever. Sob. In other ways. You wouldn't believe. That's hard luck said Hamilton kindly. But they do such wonderful things to help them now, you know, and we can learn a lot by reading. Yes, Sa, so, it's hard enough. But we are glad he ain't blind, and what is his name? Edward Haberton. Sa. So, and he's jay's Z F4 years old. Near five. Hamilton entered the name of the little deaf and dumb boy, whom he could see sitting in an inner room, and noted down in the schedule his age, his color, and the nature of his affliction. Now, Lily, he continued, where are you both born in Kentucky? saw so? she replied, none of us, save in little Eddie. I'm from Delaware, and Matt Steve, he's from Maryland, where my mother come from. Wait a bit, said Hamilton, holding up his hand to stop her. Let me get this straight. Stephen Lawson is from Maryland, you said. You're from Delaware, and the boy was born in this state. Is that right? Yes, Saw. So. And you said your mother came from Maryland but I suppose since you're from Delaware your father was from Delaware also. Yes. Sa, the woman answered, he done live in Wilmington all his life. So Hamilton put down the birthplaces of the wife's parents and in the same fashion those of the husband. While the filling in of the columns for the parents of the child was simply a matter of copying. There's no need to find out about your naturalization then. He went on. Of course you're both Americans. And you both speak English. And he entered this also on the language column. What does your husband work at? Was the boy's next query. He's a gardener. Sa. On jobs. Oh. Member Sa. In the big noosery here. On regular wages. Then. Yes. Sa. Nine dollars a week. I don't have to put down how much he earns. The boy explained. Only to state whether he is paying wages. Or being paid wages. Or working on his own account but you must find it hard to get along on nine a week, I make ammo and he does, the woman explained, you do, how, washing, saw, and I take a lot of fine washing, laces and things like that, which the ladies want jays as carefully done, I make as high as twelve and sometimes fifteen dollars a week, that helps a lot, said Hamilton, as he noted down the facts that the woman was a laundress, and that she worked on her own account, Typified by the lepers boy oh, eh, in the wage column. You both read and write, or wait a bit. I think you said you couldn't write, and that you have to get the neighbors' children to help you. Doc can read pretty well. The woman replied. But I never had enough schooling to write much. math mother was ill all the time, and I had to stay home. But Steve, he writes beautiful, and he makes out all math bills and things like that. I think there's only one question more. The boy said. Delighted to find that after all, even in the house of a Negro laundress who did not know how to write, the information could be so easily secured, after jotting down a yes and a no, respectively for husband and wife in the columns for literacy, he continued, and that question island whether this house is owned by you or whether you rent it, we're only renting it, so, Steve wants to buy it and put a mortgage on. But I don't know anything about mortgages and I won't buy until I can pay the whole price right down. Don't you think I'm right? Well, Lily, answered the lad, as he folded up his portfolio and prepared to go to the next house. It would hardly do for one of Uncle Sam's census men to come between a husband and a wife on the question of their buying of their own home. Would it? I reckon not. Sa? is that all? Sa? yes. Lily, that's all. And I'm very much obliged it wasn't so awful bad, said the woman, with a sigh of relief, it's easy enough to answer census questions when you want to make it easy and tell a straight story, Hamilton replied, but you see what trouble it would be for me with someone who wasn't willing to talk, and how hard it would be for anyone to make up a story as he went along, and find it telly at every point in all the later questions, well, saw," she called, in reply, as the lad passed out, God jays hope you'll don't thin a single one like that in this higher whole village, I hope not, Lily, good morning, he rejoined and turned toward the next house, the enumeration of the rest of the village went on rapidly, by working quickly Hamilton was able to complete the numbering of the village by nightfall, and he so stated on his daily report card, which he mailed to the supervisor that evening, the following morning he started off on his little wear, and struck something new and puzzling at every holding he touched, The agricultural schedule fairly made his head swim. It had certain difficulties which the manufacturing schedule did not have, because, although the latter contained more detailed information and required a more accurate statement, still all manufacturers kept books. For the details needed in the agricultural statistics no books had been kept, the Negro farmer seldom or never knew how many chickens he had, and the wild guesses that would be made as to value of animals and land nearly turned the boy's hair gray some of the white farmers were every been as careless. One man valuing his horses at 200 apiece and the next at 50, one man estimating his land at 150 an acre and the next at 10. A typical case was that of Patrick Meacham. Hamilton secured the facts for his population schedule with comparatively little trouble from the Meacham household. Although he had to listen to a great deal of unnecessary family history, there was no great difficulty. Moreover, in finding out that the farm consisted of eighty acres owned and ten rented, but a snag of the first magnitude was encountered on the question as to how much of it was improved, sure, tis all improved, the farmer said, it was in horrible shape when I bought it, I don't mean improved that way, Hamilton objected, what I want to know is how much of it is good for pasture, is prepared for crops, and so forth, sure, it's all good for something, the Irishman answered, what for should I buy it if it wasn't good for anything? Have you a woodlot? Asked Hamilton, deciding to try and get at the question in another way. I have a woodlot, but I built a good strong fence around it. Since I came here, you don't mean to tell me that doesn't improve it. If you lived here, you'd know better. That's all right, Mr. Meacham. It makes it better all right, but it isn't counted in as improved land. I'll put it down specially though. There's ten acres of it you said, and there's ten acres of swamp land that ye couldn't improve unless ye built it on piles, the farmer said, I'll have to refer that to the reclamation service, I guess, the boy answered, anyhow for the time we'll just call it an improved and let it go at that, the next few questions passed off without a hitch, but an inquiry concerning the number of animals born on the place during the year was like opening the floodgates of a dam, If Meacham had been as good a farmer as a yarn spinner there would have been no question as to his success. For he had some story to tell about every yearling on the place. And they were inimitably told. It was with great reluctance that Hamilton found himself obliged to head off the man's eloquence and make him stick to hard facts. An inquiry as to the number of eggs sold was somewhat of a puzzle. But the farmer's wife knew the amount of the trade she had received at the grocery store in the nearest town in return for eggs and at an average sale price of nine cents a dozen, this was easily computed. She was also the authority on the amount of butter made and sold, and on the garden truck. The businessman of the house was a twelve-year-old boy, not far away. A neighbor had forty acres in clover and some fruit trees, and knowing the value of bees for pollinating the fruit, he was glad to have this boy keep six hives near the orchard and field. A good share of the honey had gone to the neighbor and the family themselves had used all they wanted. But still the boy's profit for what he had sold amounted to $60. He was keen to have Hamilton enter him on the schedule as an independent apiarist on his own account. But Hamilton pointed out to him that a 250 farm was the smallest one allowed to be listed. This low limit was almost reached the next day when Hamilton found himself on a peanut farm for the first time. He had always known that peanuts, and like all other nuts, grew underground but he had made the common mistake of supposing them to grow on the roots of the peanut plant like the tubers of a potato, instead of really being a true nut, developing from a flower the elongation of the lower portion of which reaches to the ground, the farm was run by an orphan colored girl nineteen years old and her four younger brothers, jays as soon as the young and symmetrical gets big enough, she said to Hamilton, when discussing the statistics of her little holding. We are going to buy a big patch of peanut land. I'd like to grow peanuts every year. But these higher government papers say you shouldn't. They say once in every F.O. years is enough F.O. peanuts. But I'm going to try it every other year. Aren't they a very troublesome crop? About the same as potatoes. I reckon. But they pay a good price F.O. picked peanuts. And I can get these boys higher to do the picking. In one of the papers I saw up to Colonel Jerry's place the other day. One the government puts out. is a list show in this country has to send to foreign countries F.O. 12 million bushels of peanuts every year. I'm going to try raising a real big crop. And Dickie hire, she added, pointing to the oldest boy. thinks Jays as I do about it. Hamilton was distinctly impressed with the evidence that this young Negro girl and her younger brothers not only knew enough about the peanut business to be able to make it they, but that they were reading the government bulletins. I didn't know, he said hastily. That you people, and he stopped suddenly, realizing the ungracious ending to his sentence. You mean us colored folks. You didn't think we troubled about such things. Yas, Sa. So. We don't have all the advantages o oh white folks, but we're improving right along. Colonel Jerry's Jays does all he can, and he gets us government seeds and papers, and advises everyone FO miles around. Yas, Sa. So. We're getting on. If you'll have to go to town, Sa. So. You'll thin as nice a little place as is fawn one end o' the United States clear to the other. And is not one white person in it. Town? Queried Hamilton in surprise. I'm glad to hear it. For that's the next place on my map. We're all proud of it higher. Sa. So. And it pairs to me. Town owes jays everything to the folks at the big house and to Mr. Ephraim Jones. You'll see Mr. Jones. Sa. So. And i take it kindly if you'll remember me to him. All right. Delia, I will, said Hamilton, let's see, I did get all the figures, didn't I, Yo said yo had them all, so, was the reply, good enough, well, I guess I'll go along, I'll not forget your message, goodbye, and the boy set his horse on a canter down the narrow road, throughout the rest of the day the census gathering was of similar character. And it was drawing toward dark when the boy saw before him a well-ordered array of houses which he felt sure must be Town. Asking his way to the hotel from the first darker that he met, he was answered most courteously. There is no hotel higher, sa, so, the negro said. But Mr. Ephraim Jones entertains the visit in strangers, sa. So, and if you'll go right on to that big yaller house and ask F.O. Mr. Jones, Sa, so, God jays knows you'll be right welcome. Hamilton felt diffident about quartering himself upon a perfect stranger in this way. But it seemed to be the custom of the place, and since there was no hotel, there seemed nothing else to do, and he rode on to the gate, tethering his mare to a tie post in front of the house, he started up the walk, carrying his portfolio, so that in the event of any mistake he might be able to make it appear that he had merely come to take the census. But before he reached the door it was opened by a wrinkled and old but dignified, Darket. Walk in, Sa. Walk right in, he said. I'll send one of the boys to look after your horse. Tom, he called. You'll take the Jen single quote lemon single quote ass horse to the stable. Rub him down with a wisp. And give him some hay. In half an hour, water him. And give him a feed of oats. I'm obliged to you, said Hamilton. For taking all this trouble. But perhaps I had better explain who I am. That's Jay's as you like. Sa. Well said Hamilton. I'm the census taker for this district, and I was looking for a hotel where I could stay the night and begin work in the morning. A man I met on the street told me that this town had no hotel and suggested that if I came to you, I might be advised where to go. We have no hotel in Bowler Town." Saw so, the old Negro preacher answered, but the gym men that come higher do me the honorously. Saw so, obeying my guests. God have a guest room. Saw. So, Jay's exclusively effulgen men who are not people of color. Hamilton found himself flushing at the consciousness that this very thought had been in his mind, and in order to cover any possible signs that might have appeared in his expression, he answered hastily, oh, that's all right, it wouldn't have mattered. The old creature looked at him quietly and a little reproachfully and said, if you don't jays mean things like that, young sir, Sa, don't say them, we know, we find, Sa. That it is mos desirable for everyone concerned. If you like, sa. So, and if you're ready, I'll show you to your room. Hamilton could not help contrasting this reception with that which he would have received in any town not entirely a Negro community, and he expressed this feeling to his host as they went up the stairs. It is entirely different higher, so, sa, The latter said. You see, we are isolated, and a guest is rare. Then this community is a syndicate and is not run like a town. Bar is no question higher, Sa, so, about colored and white people being the same. We know they're different, and we believe, Sa, so, that it is in preserving the color line, not in trying to hide it, that the future good of our race lives, and so bar is not a foot of land in Dollar Town owned by any other than people o color, and not a white person lives higher. You own all the land, then? The syndicate does. Yes, Sa. So, then you must have some wealthy men among you, member Sa. So, not one. The town was begun. Sa. By the kindness of Colonel A. Colonel he was, that island he is, began Hamilton, stammering, He is not a Negro, Sa, the old man answered, finishing the boy's embarrassed sentence for him with entire self-possession. Colonel Angeriz, Sa, was a plantation owner. Before the war, I was one of his slaves, and MOSO o. the people in bowler Town are the children o those born in the plantation quarters. And he started the town, yes, saw. So, in a way, he fought with Lee, Saw. So, and my brother was his body servant all through the war, when we surrendered, the colonel came back to the old plantation, some of the slaves had gone, but there was quite a few left still, he called us to the big house and told us to stay by the OL place and he would pay us wages, some was not one of them, though I see now they were to right. Said the quarters were to not fit to log in, but I thought you said Colonel A. was a kind master? How could that be if the quarters were to so bad? Mumbersaw. So? He said, I should never call the old mass a kind. He was fair and ready to help a willing worker. But his slaves was his slaves and they had no rights. There wasn't any whipping or any of oh that sort of thing. But it was work all day. from before daylight till after dark. And we live jays anyhow. How came he to start the town? Then, queried Hamilton. Your description of him doesn't sound as though he were a man who would do much for you. It was Jay's because of that. I think, that he did. So, he was just. Sa. So, he said that while we were slaves we should be treated as slaves. Now that the Negro was not a slave any mo. There was no reason to make him live like one. He used to say the South was now pledged to help the nation instead of oh, the Confederacy and while he did not agree, he would live up to that pledge, that seems as fair as anything could be, yes, Sa. So. but it was easier to say that than to do it, there was no money in the place, the slaves hadn't had wages, and you can't build houses without money, and money was scarce after the war, how in the wide world did you manage it, asked Hamilton, as I was saying, Sa, so. it was Colonel Aguirre's doing. He got a surveyor from the town and hunted over the plantation to thin the best site fo a village. The surveyor's name was Bowler. That's where the town got its name. Then, yes, saw the jays wanted it called a But the colonel wouldn't hear of it. Then all OVOL slaves that wanted to stay by the place got together. And the colonel showed us how to make a sort of syndicate. Then he sold us the land jays as low as it could be made. Payment to be in labor on the plantation. So in a few years' work every man who wanted to stay regard on the job got title to his land and his house, and took wages after that. That was a wise move, said the boy after a moment's thought. He sold his land at a fair price, got the money back that he put into buildings, established a regular supply of labor for his plantation, and at the same time fixed it all right for you. Yes, so, the old Negro answered. And now every man in the town either owns his house or is buying one from the syndicate. And we have bought up all the surveyed property from the colonel. Now, Sa, continued the preacher. If you will excuse me, I will see that your supper is got ready. Higher, Sa, he added, opening the door into a small room. Is your sitting room? And your supper will be served higher. As much surprised as gratified at the excellent arrangements for his comfort. Hamilton refreshed himself after his dusty ride, and was as hungry as a wolf when supper arrived. A little dark girl, black as the ace of spades, waited at table, and in conversation Hamilton learned that she was the adopted daughter of the eldest son of the Negro preacher, the son being a professor in one of the Negro colleges. After supper Hamilton asked to see his host in order that he might secure the details of the family for the census, and thus make use of a disengaged evening. So your son is professor of English at the university, said Hamilton, as, with all the details secured, he closed the census portfolio. Do you think the Negro ought only to learn a few things, or do you think he ought to be taught just the same as in the regular universities? There should be one good university, said the old preacher, with very difficult admission examinations. It would be a good thing if all colored lawyers and doctors. And if the standard were high higher even than in white colleges these men would get standing F O themselves and give standing to the colored race. But, even then, I'd have them keep away from the other lawyers and doctors. You're strong on that color line, Ephraim. The boy remarked, surely you don't believe in Jim Crow cars and all that sort of thing. As long as there is prejudice, I do, was the unexpected answer. And there is no place F O the Negro in the city. He can't beat the white man. And there is no chance o' his seeker in a monopoly o' any trade. There is nothing FO him in the city saving Jay's labor and being a servant, a porter, or something o' that kind. You don't see many Negro laborers in northern cities. The boy remarked. They are mostly elevator runners and in positions of that kind. It is in the note that trouble lies. The old man said. The South has settled hers. How do you make that out? cried the boy. You say the South has settled the race question? I thought it was the biggest issue there was, down here and in the Gulf states. The old Negro preacher shook his head. Farming and cotton raisin has settled it. Did y'all know that a more than two-fifths, or nearly half the cotton raised in the United States was grown by Negroes owning their own land? And the cotton crop of America is one of her biggest sources of wealth. Those that don't own the land lease it on a share basis known as the media system. But more and more of them are owners every year. I hadn't really thought of the Negroes as owning land at all, said Hamilton thoughtfully. A stretch of land three times as big as the British Isles, or equal to the New England States is owned by the colored race, was the reply, making in the United States a Negro country larger than plenty of kingdoms, and is that land worth much, of e half a billion dollars, so, all was told at the last census, and it's worth a lot a mo now, but, said Hamilton, the Negro doesn't seem able to make use of it. Even if he does own the land and is making money, he still goes on living in a shiftless way. One would hardly believe the kind of shacks I've seen in the last couple of days. I'm ashamed to say you're right. Sa, so, the old Negro answered. I reckon one third of all the Negroes in the South still live in one-room cabins, cooking, eating, and sleeping in the same room. Men, women, and children all together. But they're improving right along they ought, said the boy, if they're working on cotton, because, I've been told, that is always a cash crop, but why does everyone leave the cotton crop to the negro, it isn't a hard crop to raise, is it, there is no one else see and do it but the negro, Sa, so, the preacher answered, it's the hard skin of work, and it has to be done in summer, and bar's no shade in a cotton field, right from the sowing until the lost bowl is picked, cotton needs tending. And y'all don't have much cool weather down higher. You sow cotton something like corn, don't you? Asked the boy, who had never seen a cotton plantation and wanted to know something about it. Yes, saw, so, Jay's about the same way. Only it has to be healed higher and hold more in corn, and weeds Jay's spring up in the cotton fields of E-Night. The pickin', too, is Jay's killin' work. You'll see a cotton plant doesn't grow moan about FO feet high on Mars always a lot of it.